Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Friday. It's Friday. Doesn't the week go fast? I, uh, I've just had one of those weeks where it was Monday, blink, now it's Friday. Um, and uh, don't ask me what I did in the week, but it was uh, one of those weeks where you go, where did that go? You know? Yeah. And were you spoiled on Mother's Day, Emer? Because obviously Mother's Day was was uh, was last Sunday. Yeah. I got peace and quiet. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> did you not get breakfast in bed? No, the, the husband didn't bring up the, the coffee and pancakes? No, or No, 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 no. no. Um, my youngest, she's a great one for attempting to make breakfast. You know, one of those breakfasts we go, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And when she's yeah. not looking, where's the bin? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, well, listen, I suppose it's the thought, isn't it? And, I know. And I, and I was thinking, you know, what could be the perfect belated Mother's Day gift for my good friend, Emer Duffy? Well, of course, it had to be my joke for the show. No, 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 no. Park that. You know what? It's Mother's Day. Uh, there's another Mother's Day coming up. Did you know, uh, like in Australia and America, it's actually the 9th of May. Is there any oh, chance right. you could hold off till then? I've been dying to tell you no? this one because th- th- this is this is, is oh, truly on. terrible. So, uh, OK. All right. So, Emer, Emer, do you know about these horrible insects called ticks? I think we have them in Donegal. No, but I'm starting to get really itchy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no. do you know that ticks can't keep a secret? Do you want to know why? Go on. Because everyone knows a tick tucks. Tucks, (gasps) tucks. No, please, please. <laughs> Where do you get these from? I don't oh, know. I, I, I scour um, the internet and I kind of I look for the worst jokes that could possibly be told on the airways. I, I tell you, you're, you're, uh, that was no Mother's Day gift for me, I tell you. Um, that was definitely no <laughs> gift at all. Um, but anyway, if you find today's social media joke anyway engaging, you are in luck. You can catch uh, Philip's previous social media jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify and the Dublin South FM website. So do go check them out. Just speed through first minute or two and then you'd be crying. Listen, these are gold. These are comedy gold that I think everybody can use in a tight situation. But Really? Yeah. Listen, today we are joy. We have a special guest. I personally am delighted to have this superstar in social media on. It's Andrew Hutchinson. He's the content and social media manager at the leading social media news website, Social Media Today. Uh, myself and Emer have been following Andrew for, for quite a while because um, he's always first out with the latest uh, information in relation to social media. So definitely, if you always want to see what's going on um, in the social space, check out Andrew's um, posts on social media today. He's responsible for a range of tasks, including journalistic coverage of the latest social media marketing news and happenings, development and implementation of social media today's content strategy and managing the various social media properties. And that's not all. In his time writing for social media today and has authored more than 4,800 posts. God, you've been busy, Andrew. And on average, each of his posts seems to be more than a thousand social shares and also driving significant visitor traffic, which is great. Um, He also uh, regularly appears on ABC local and radio national programs to discuss the latest digital platform news and updates 
we are lucky to have him. Yeah. And he is listed as one of the most influential and prolific writers in technology. Oh, I'll be uh, tweaking his ear on the <laughs> reputed um, tech meme, sorry, leaderboards. Um, so without further ado, welcome to Let's Get Social, Andrew Hutchinson. And before we kick things off, can I ask you, what do you think of our hashtag social media comedian? I think you'd be pretty hard done by that joke was uh, pretty good. Thanks, Fred. Feel free to use that in one of your blog posts. Although maybe the social shares might go down; they might go negative. <laughs> I'd, I'd put it. At, I'd put it at the very end if you were going to. Yeah, it's very yeah. small writing as well. <laughs> you want but, people um, to read his blogs. <laughs> um, but I suppose, like you know, I suppose we cry. Like we obviously we have a we have a number of key questions we wanted to chat with today about um, uh, Andrew. But uh, as Emer mentioned, Derry, you're prolific in in writing content like that's an incredible amount of of blog posts and up-to-date content like do you have for a business that may be listening the uh today that are interested in, in blogging do you uh do you have like a blogging process that you follow um to be able to be so consistent uh i mean yeah i definitely do um so like it's interesting to sort of like as you talk about the social media today team, like the social media today team is me. That's it. There's no one else. Right. There's me and there's one community manager. So wow. um, I wow. do all the content. Uh, I write all the posts and moderate all the, the stuff coming through. So editorial wow. is really me. We have a sales team that's run through Industry Dive, which owns social media today. So I don't do any of the sales side stuff, but yeah, yeah. editorial uh, is all me. So yeah, that means I generally write about seven posts per day. Um, so varying in length between 500 and a thousand words generally, um, yeah. but sometimes you get infographics, which have got short descriptions and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, in order to like, if you're looking at advice for how to sort of stay on top of everything and how to, uh, write, I mean, the, the first thing is you need to know your niche. You need to know what you're writing about. And for social media today, it's making sure that we, uh, translate or that I translate the latest news and, uh, make sure it's actionable and practical because uh, we want our readers to understand how they can actually use it. So if there's a new feature on Facebook, it's not just that the feature exists, it's that how does this actually, how is this actually valuable for marketers? Um, the, the format I follow on social media today is general journalistic format, inverted pyramid, um, you know, and main stuff at the top and then you're sort of going further down. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, every day I get up, I read uh, like at least 40 different blogs I'll go through. Um, which are all the main social platforms, all of their various blogs and uh, forums and things like that to see what the latest updates are and see if anything's uh, anyone's talking about there or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a range of tools every day. I use CrowdTangle, which is Facebook's monitoring uh, platform. Um, I use Hootsuite every day. I use BuzzSumo every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I follow the people that I need to be able to get the information. So I think that's a, 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 a crucial sort of thing as well is following the right people and keeping your list small enough that you can make sure that you go get up, get through all of it and you can um, you know, cover all the latest stuff. So, yeah, for me, it's following those influential people and making sure that I'm across all the different uh, news stories. Tech meme, as you say, uh, email, I, I read that every day as well and make sure I, I'm across all the latest things. But, yeah, just a combination of those and uh, making sure I stay across all the different features yeah. and then as I note them, just going through and sort of prioritising which ones uh, we need to cover every day um, which ones are, are crucial and sort of, you know, which ones are less crucial. And then, uh, again, how you translate that, like what's the value for our audience and our audience is obviously marketers and small businesses yeah. and people who mm-hmm. need to know how these things work. Uh, and so it's translating every one of those things and thinking about how I'm going to be able to translate those things to be able to communicate it to the audience. 
Yes. That's uh, really insightful because like we are, our our audience would be small business owners, Philip, and yeah. more times than not, they're always wondering, what am I going to write? Uh, yeah. If they're even going to think about writing a blog. Yeah. Um, so those great, they're great tips that you've given us like about following people in their, you know, industry, looking at industry related um, publications. Um, are there any other tips you can give businesses to help them like stay up to date apart like you know should they be like you know well when events go back up again like you know would that be something that you would have done in the past you know um gone to events and sort of connected with people um in that field or you know would there be anything else maybe before people can do that you could maybe suggest yeah no like i i don't go to events because i'm in australia so um generally i i feel a bit left out like most of the journalists most of the tech journalists are in san francisco so uh, at times, yeah, okay. it's sort of harder on the outside. Uh, most mm-hmm. of the events are in America as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm not able to travel to those events generally. Um, local mm-hmm. events in Australia are not as, like the audience that we're writing for is predominantly in America as well. So yeah. local events okay. are obviously more focused on the Australian market. And so they're probably not mm-hmm. as valuable to social media today in that respect. Um, okay. So I, I, I would go to events if I could, but uh, it's not really something mm-hmm. that I have to do. Um, so mainly it's just staying up to date. Uh, with all the the right people, like it takes a long time to find the right people to find different people from uh, Facebook and Snapchat and the people who actually make decisions and who uh, have a say in how things work. It's very interesting to follow those people and see what they're saying. And uh, you got to you got to find those people on Twitter. It does take some time. Like Twitter is never that easy to find the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really getting down to the right uh, right group and uh, following them to make sure you're getting the right updates or the, the relevant updates as they come through. Yeah. Do you find like hashtags are very handy for that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, no, I, I don't I don't really um, use hashtags for that. I feel like hashtags okay. are sort of, on Twitter in particular, they might have lost some of their gloss. Even Twitter recommends not using hashtags when you're posting or when businesses are posting these days because uh, you're redirecting people from your main message. If your main CTA is you want people to click through on your link, then adding mm-hmm. a hashtag is probably not that beneficial to what you're trying to get the reader to, to do. So, um, yeah, even in their recommendations last year, they were saying you should consider maybe not using hashtags. Um, like I'm not sure how many people still search via hashtags on Twitter, but, um, yeah, for me, no, not, not really. I don't really search. I mean, it depends. Like different topics, there's going to be times where you need to search for things. If there's people talking about a certain topic, then in that mm-hmm. respect, you probably would use a hashtag or a search term to be able to find what people are saying, yeah. but day to day, no, I wouldn't use hashtags. No. That's that's interesting, actually, because, you know, um, a lot of people are kind of still kind of emphasizing, like, you know, even on Twitter, you'd see most tweets would have a hashtag on it, you know? Yeah. Um, um, like we'd see, like Andrew, and you've probably seen this yourself, even though some people do fall into that trap of putting hashtags in their Twitter bio, mm-hmm. which obviously makes them mm-hmm. click, well, they might have hashtag social media, and then suddenly you click on that and you're off into a whole myriad of stuff talking about social media, but they've moved away from your, your Twitter profile, et cetera. Yeah. Um, like, I suppose, like Andrew, like you're very much kind of in the thick of it every day. You're reading all day of stuff. Um, like there are so many new updates, algorithm changes, like certainly from small business we've spoken to. One of the things they always kind of say is, you know, the overwhelm is just incredible. Um, like, do you think that sometimes business just need to take a little step back and try and bring a bit more simplicity to their social media efforts as such? and try and maybe focus on one or two channels and just like exactly the approach you're doing, you know, 
try and focus on the people that matter and are relevant and be more, I suppose, conscious of your audience? Yeah, I mean, people are always looking for sort of the magic pill for how they can uh, win with, you know, what's some trick that you can do? What's some, how does the algorithm work that we can trick it to get us more reach and things like that? Mm. And none of them really work, right? There's not really any tricks you can do that are going to be sustainable or are going to even work in the first place. Yeah. Um, and the fundamentals of any marketing are the same. Like it comes down to your approach, comes down to understanding your audience and your creative and your messaging. And the more you know your audience, the more you know what they what they want to hear or they want to read, then the better off you're going to be. So even with all the changes and things like that, the, those fundamentals don't change. So in the, in next time Facebook changes their algorithm and it reduces reach for certain pages or things like that, like mm. there's not much you can do about, about those changes uh, and there's not really any tricks or tactics you can do to sort of negate most of those uh, updates. You can try and work with them. It's like if Facebook says, well, now we're emphasizing video because we want more people to watch video, then it makes sense to, you know, go with that trend because at the moment, I guess a good example is reels on Instagram. People are saying that they're getting more reach on Instagram if they post reels. And so Instagram is trying to emphasize reels. Mm. It makes sense Mm -hmm. that they're going to try and, you know, incentivize that a little bit. So if you use reels, then it's going to drive more traffic. So I guess you want to work with the trends as best you can, but you need to understand each specific platform. You need to understand your audience. Is your audience, you know, using reels? Is your audience going to care if you're on TikTok? Is your audience going to care if you're on Snapchat? Like as long as you understand who your audience is and what they want and where they want it, uh, then the fundamentals always remain the same. It's always Mm -hmm. like we need to make sure our messaging is right. We need to make sure we're communicating the right thing to the people who are really matter to us. So it's not so much trying to play the social media game, uh, which I guess is what you're, what you're saying in terms of yeah. simplifying things. Mm. Like playing the game is uh, you, you jump on the latest platform, Clubhouse is out, let's jump on Clubhouse and let's try and make sure that we you know get a massive following on Clubhouse. So well, that might be beneficial, but yeah. probably not. You know, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's really understanding where your audience is and who's going to be a valuable yeah. value to you rather than going for the numbers and going, look, I've got a million followers on Twitter. And it's like, yeah, but you've got no engagement on your tweets. Like, what does that matter? So as long as you're, the fundamentals are always going to be the same. So I guess in that sense, yeah, just keeping it to the basics and trying to make sure that you cater to your audience. Yeah, I think... um I think that's a very fair point and common sense. And yeah, yeah be on the right channels. Because um, there's a lot of people out there, um, Philip, would say to you, you know, because um, you're very much into the strategy end of things, you know, oh, I need to be on Twitter spaces or I need to be on Clubhouse, as you were saying earlier. And you're looking mm-hmm. at them going, no, you don't. Exactly. You know, are, are the customers there? Ah, you're, no. You know. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Are you playing, are you playing the game so where you're trying you to, need to this is yeah. the latest trend or are you doing what's right for you, where your audience mm. is, where the people who are actually going to pay money for your stuff? Like if you're not reaching the people who are going to, you know, pay money, then the, all the engagement in the world is not going to make any difference. And you're wasting time and time it, time is money. So, time uh, is money indeed. T- as you say, focused on maybe one or two channels, probably your best to go with and work from there and see which works out best for you. Because not everybody, as I say, is on Facebook. Um, I have friends who've actually taken the Facebook app off their phone and only look on desktop when they are not busy. So um, uh, and then not everybody's on Twitter either. So again, it, as you were saying, Andrew, it's like focus on where your your audience is and and work on that platform as opposed to spreading yourself too thin. Um, uh, and I, I think that's something that people kind of fight against. What would you say, Philip? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there is a sort of a sense, um, and I'm sure you probably see this 
probably yourself, Andrew, with small businesses that sometimes there's a sort of a, almost like an anxiousness, you know, oh my God, I better get onto TikTok. I better be doing a Snapchat mm. because everybody else is saying I should be on there as opposed to taking that step back and looking at, well, listen, you know, are the customers there? Is that really where we're going to get the engagement? Is that ultimately where we're going to drive the leads, etc. Um, I suppose another question to just kind of discuss with you, Andrew, particularly because you were very much at the cusp of what is going on the latest in, in social. Are there social media trends that you particularly see that are key for businesses in 2021? Well, I mean, the, the, the shift to e-commerce is the biggest trend at the moment. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's been exacerbated mm-hmm. by the pandemic and people not being able to go to their regular stores. And those behavioural tr- changes are going to last for a long time because it's, now that people mm. know that they can do things uh, easily and more conveniently, um, a lot of them have you know been awakened to what what they're able to achieve by just sitting on the couch, right? They can browse through things, they can find better prices, they can do all the things they would normally do in the shops. Um, almost everything ex- other than touching the products they can do from home. So a lot of people have been forced to uh, re- realise that e-commerce is so valuable or so uh, easy and good for them. So, yeah, there's a huge trend towards e-commerce. I think the, the some analysts say that it's been, it, it was already rising anyway, but it's been accelerated by so like five years or 10 years, depending on who you ask, yeah. um, the trend towards. So there's definitely like everyone needs to be considered, every business that, you know, it would be every B2C business definitely needs to be considering uh, e-commerce and where they're placed and how they're catering to customers online. Um, that is the biggest trend of the moment. Um, the other trends that are you know, around at the moment, obviously, as you say, there's Clubhouse, there's audio, social. I don't know. There's a lot of value for brands as yet, especially small businesses. Mm. It's like Clubhouse is still invite only, so it's not like there's a huge audience. There's a lot of hype around Clubhouse because it's very big with the tech um, yeah. insiders yeah. and things like yeah. that. So it's getting a lot of hype. But um, my estimation is that once it's open to more people, it's going to be very difficult for them to maintain quality. Uh, what mm-hmm. we found with live streaming, we were the same thing. Like everyone was really excited about live streaming. Everyone jumped on it. And then as soon as everyone had it, uh, you'd go on there to check out something and there's just so much junk. And, yeah. you know, it's hard to sift through that and find the right stuff. So there's going to be a lot of, they're going to have to work on their algorithm, be able to uncover stuff that's going to be relevant, um, which is where I think mm-hmm. Twitter will probably uh, be an advantage because they already have the people you're following. If they're broadcasting, then you, you've already got the people that you you know that you've yeah. built yeah. over time. Um, that's going to be an advantage in their favour. But they've also got like, those influencers who've also got uh, big audiences on Twitter that they can reach for our audio. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but I don't see that as yeah. being a major trend for small businesses at the moment. Um, same as uh, AR, like augmented reality stuff is advancing very quickly and there's lots of opportunity. There's going to be so much opportunity in terms of um, selling things via you know, digital overlays and things like that and virtual try-ons like They've already got shoes and makeup and things like that, and they're working on mm-hmm. spatial technology to be able to, you know, place furniture in your home and have it look exactly how it's going to look like. Those types of advances are going to be significant in future. Again, I don't know that they're massively relevant for small businesses in particular right now, but I think mm-hmm. it's definitely worth keeping tabs on the yeah. advances in augmented reality, especially as Facebook and Apple uh, all and uh, Amazon all look to bring out their own AR glasses and what that looks like then and how that works and the take up and, and the same with virtual reality. Like there's going to be a lot of opportunity in that. Eventually it's just starting to get uh, gain momentum now again, because of the pandemic, a lot more people looking for things to do from home. But, um, but yeah, I would say mm-hmm. that the key trends uh, are still uh, video 
and e-commerce. Those would be the two that I would be looking at yeah. most closely. How you, you know, how you can translate your uh, content to video. That video still gets the most reach and engagement on every social media platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still the key sort of communications tool that people are connecting with. Shorter videos are working really well. Like obviously, there's uh, the transformational shift of Snapchat and TikTok has uh, changed how people view video, especially younger users. And oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think Snapchat released a study a few weeks ago where it was uh, saying that six second ads are now more effective than fifteen second ads on Snapchat because people are just getting more aligned to that really short, yeah. um, you know, those really short grabs. And TikTok would be responsible for that as well. Those short videos are, are changing the way people consume content and it's worth considering what you can do in that space. And there's so many tools in that online that you can use now to mm-hmm. make professional looking type stuff that is going to either fit in with TikTok or Instagram. It's going to fit in with the aesthetic of those platforms. Um, there's not really much uh, excuse not to like this. There's, there's plenty of tutorials and tools and yeah, different ways that you can use effects and things that can help you produce pretty good video content, even if you're not a professional. So um, yeah. yeah, I'd say those are the two trends that I would think are the most applicable right now. It's uh, yeah, uh, e-commerce and video. That's great to hear. Um, actually, talking of audio, um, you know, like at the moment uh, where we are, we have a, a distance of 5K to uh, stretch your legs on. Um, so like podcasts, um, I think, um, are valuable because, you know, you can't oh, you might miss a show or whatever and you go, oh. I catch it on the podcast. Um, you did a great piece, actually, um, Andrew, called the uh, Small Business Guide to Starting a Podcast, which um, because it can be a bit confusing, like what tech do you need and audio, you know, do I need the latest, I don't know, um, microphones and all that kind of thing. Um, do you feel that podcasting and the power of audio um, for that is an untapped strategy then for businesses going forward? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously that big trend towards uh, audio social at the moment, and that is because of the mm. pandemic. Um, people are looking mm-hmm. for ways to connect, people are looking for ways for hang out, to hang out, and um, that's the closest you can get in a serendipitous kind of way. If someone's broadcasting, you can go and listen to what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Video had the same thing when we had Blab and things like that back in the day where there was, you know, you were able to join in those meetings, you were able to go through. Um, and yeah. so there's going to be changes as that, as that uh, matures and, you know, how sort of uh, they will be moving forward. But... Definitely, like, yeah, podcasts as well. There, there is lots more people listening to lots more podcasts. Uh, there was a study last week, I think it was that 53% of Americans listened to a podcast last year. Um, it's mm-hmm. easy to listen to on the go. It's easy to listen to when you're doing exercise, as you say, you're walking your five kilometers mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever you're yeah. allowed to. Yeah, there's, there's definitely opportunity in podcasts to be able to connect more intimately with your audience and be able to let them into uh, what you're doing. I guess the hardest part is, you know, what do you do? What do you create a podcast about what do you do in your podcast and I guess that's you need to understand your audience and what they want to hear and trying to sort of think of the insights that you can provide within your podcast that are going to be of value to people that are going to make them uh, want to keep coming back and there's also the consideration of whether you, you have a voice for radio it's <laughs> free I guess everyone probably does to a degree but I mean it's not I think there's like with a lot of trends online like same as with youtubers and things like that the highest earning youtuber was ryan kaji last year and he's a nine-year-old and he unboxes toys right yeah when you tell people that they lose their minds like wow. he, he had 32 million or something it was like yeah they, they lose their mind like well i could unbox toys like yeah but you wouldn't be good at it right <laughs> like, it's, it, like there's a skill to these things same as with podcasting there's a skill to podcasting yeah, yeah. and it's oh. not it's like, it definitely takes practice I, like anyone could try and do it but 
it does take practice. It's not something you can just start up straight away and expect mm. that it's going to you know, yeah. bring in all the leads you want. It takes practice. It takes time. It takes consistency. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's not something that's going to produce for you straight away. But, yeah, definitely there's opportunity if you can get it right. Yeah, like you, you've raised an interesting point there, Andrew, because I think one thing that a lot of businesses, both small entrepreneurs who are on their own and large corporations is the whole element of uh, patience mm. because I'm starting to kind of get back into YouTube, etc. And uh, there was an excellent, I suppose, docu video on um, that YouTuber, Mr. Beast. You may have heard of him. He uh, He is one of the largest and most successful YouTubers. But what people don't realize is that if you look back through his catalog of videos, he had, he was on YouTube for about three or four years, video after video, getting no views. And then something just went viral. And ever since then, he's literally gone upwards. But he creates these mm-hmm. videos that are back to the fundamentals, as we spoke about, is um, really kind of for his audience. He creates these sort of kind of incredible mm-hmm. sort of videos, you know, uh, I gave a hundred people a million dollars, you know, and you're sort of, what? And you're, you're drawn in, but he slogged. It was like a good three, four years before he even saw any sort of, so I think it's like everything on, on social, you know, it's not just going to going to happen in a month or three months, mm. you know, you have to commit. Um, and, and plan for it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, prepare for your shows um, and even like, you know, like have maybe someone come on with you sometimes yeah. that can be a little bit kind of nerve wracking, um, especially if they tell terrible social media jokes, but we won't go there. Um, That's why our podcast like, is growing anymore. So it's jokes. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I hope. Andrew, Andrew, actually, <laughs> Andrew, I hope our podcast is on your list. Um, talking actually of podcasts, do you have any podcasts that you enjoy listening to? No, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to a lot of marketing podcasts. I listen to Matt Navarro's podcast uh, when it was out, when it is out. He's uh, very good. He always has very good interviewees. Uh, I think it's called okay. the Social Media Geek Out. Um, mm-hmm. his, he does it with Martin Bryant and their podcast is, is quite good. So I have listened to a, quite a few episodes of that. Yep. Um, but generally when I, okay. I, I go for a run every day and when I do, I generally listen to basketball. And unfortunately, I'm a big NBA fan. That, that's cool. My, my son is there with you. He, from PlayStation to the TV, basketball mad. And American football. Wow. I don't know where that came from, but uh, yeah, he knows them all. He's kind of saying, he's telling, he's listing off players and I'm kind of looking at him going, I haven't a clue who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you know, but hey, um, like I suppose one question that myself and Emar are always asked by particularly small businesses is that there is such an array now in 2021 of social media channels. There's TikTok, you've got Pinterest, YouTube is mm. there, there's LinkedIn and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And then within each of those channels, there's all the other kind of pieces from LinkedIn Live, mm-hmm. Facebook Live, Instagram Reels, mm-hmm. Twitter Spaces. You know, from what you have seen and your own experience, Andrew, are there still maybe some key channels that every business should still consider to test their content on? Well, I mean, I think it's worth looking at everyone to see what's happening. Like you can search on every platform to see Mm. Um, what's happening around your niche, what's happening around your, you know, focus keywords. And like Pinterest seems to have like a very dedicated following. And obviously they've seen a big boost with the e-commerce rush as well. Um, they mm-hmm. became essentially like the replacement for a shopping mall because you can go on there and find artists and stuff all over the place. So Pinterest mm-hmm. is doing really well. I think they're up to 452 million users, or something like that. Mm. Like quietly they're in the background and they're not getting as much attention as some of the other ones, but they're, um, yeah, Pinterest has a lot of opportunity, a lot of niches on there that do really, really well. Um, Reddit mm-hmm. also has very dedicated communities uh, and they've 
really upgraded their platform in the last couple of years in terms of brand safety and uh, like Reddit used to be known as a sort of, you know, a, a dangerous corner of the web where anything goes and whatever. And they've worked really hard to change that perception. Uh, and Reddit's mm-hmm. uh, also been growing uh, really quickly and their engagement's really high. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in Reddit as well. Um, I, I mean, TikTok has opportunity as long as you go for the right audience. Um, there's, there's obviously, I think they're, they're looking at a billion users this year. So wow. there's obviously a huge amount of potential in TikTok if, you, if that's your audience, if that's where you need to go. And they're going to very quickly add a lot of e-commerce tools. Like they, they're working on lots of ways to integrate e-commerce into TikTok. And the advantage they have is that uh, there's already e-commerce on the Chinese version of TikTok. So they already know how it works. They already know what they're going to be able to do. Um, yeah. They're just mm-hmm. rolling that out. Uh, like they need to get it quickly because uh, they need to be, enable all the creators on TikTok to be able to monetize their stuff or else they'll go to Instagram where they can monetize or YouTube where they can monetize. So they really need to sort of uh, maximize their potential and get those uh, tools, e-commerce tools in particular, onto, onto their platform quickly. So as that happens, there'll be a lot more opportunity on TikTok, I think. And uh, depending on your audience, yeah, there's going to be, you know, that be something to focus on. So, I mean, if you're looking for the ones like outside of the norm, I would say those three have potential, but every platform could have potential for your brand. It's, it's a matter of looking into it and understanding the demographics and searching around your keywords and trying to find what groups are on there, what engagement are those groups seeing, what are people doing and um, what are people, what are the other brands in your niche doing? What are the other brands, you know, mm. posting on there? Is similar to what you'll be looking to do and what sort of engagement are they getting so i guess you have to do your research and look around but yeah um yeah i think there is opportunity in, in virtually every platform if you you just have to look a bit deeper so it does take time to do the research but yeah 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 no that's that that's that's very valid you know i think it's a case of you know back to exactly what myself and Emer even we do for our own content is just testing various pieces various formats looking at the various channels and seeing what resonates and then you kind of start to build up a profile um, Mm. as to what's working and even maybe unearth a niche that you didn't maybe expect you know so i think yeah you're right you know you know do do the research i I think um i think financial planning and automotive uh brands are doing really well on pinterest like two things that you would not expect yeah um so it's like there it's a matter of looking around and seeing where people are engaging and I guess part of that is understanding the demographics, the user demographics of each platform. Like, are uh, you looking for, if you're looking for an older audience, where is that? Like, you're probably not going to look at TikTok, but mm. maybe you look at Pinterest, a more affluent audience. Mm. If you're looking at, you know, B2B, obviously LinkedIn's the, the king of B2B, but there's a lot of engagement on Twitter as well in B2B space. So mm. um, it's, it's mm-hmm. I guess the first point would be trying to find what, you know, what are the key demographics of each platform? And then you could sort of narrow it down from there. Yeah. Um, just one quick question, Andrew, just before Emer goes into the next topic. Um, you mentioned something interesting there about obviously when you were talking about events and the fact that obviously the majority of the big social media events are in San Diego, et cetera, in America, um, et cetera. Do you find um, that from looking through all of the the contents that you're reading, the updates, uh, do they? Do you feel that at times some of the things that seem to be working in in America or in an American situation may not necessarily work for an Australian audience or even where we are over here in Ireland and, and Europe? Um, or is it just because obviously the events are, are over there, but that what they're saying over there has application and will always work in these other areas? It's just something that just popped into my head there off the cuff. 
Yeah, I mean, there's obviously completely different user demographics in each region. So um, if you're just going on the US ones, then, yeah, you don't know for sure um, mm. how that's going to work in your region. So you definitely need to know your own region, your own potential uh, based on what the people in your country are doing, what, you know, how they're engaging. Like TikTok might not be big in Australia or whatever. You don't, you don't know unless you dig into it a bit deeper and try and find what's actually happening. So, again, it comes down to the platform research and yeah. going through and trying to find what works. But in terms of, like, the big trends and stuff and what's happening, like, I, I, I guess, as I said, in terms of audio social, I think that's getting a lot of hype um, because of the, you know, the, the, the tech sector is really big on it. Um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that hype is going to reflect when you get down to the, the people who are actually going to pay for your stuff. Yeah. Um, like, that's is that going to be as valuable to those people day to day? So I guess that's a question is like, is something that's getting lots and lots of hype and attention, is that going to be of real value? And it's really getting down to the practicalities of it. Like I wrote an article on Clubhouse recently trying to break down the different, you know, strategies and things you could possibly use and how it actually works and what the actual practical value would be. So in terms of like that, when we're doing coverage or when I'm doing coverage on all the different platforms, that's generally how I look at it. It's like, what's the actual, once I've written down, this is how it works, then sitting there and thinking about, right, what's the actual practical value of this? Mm-hmm. For the common person day to day, like, are they actually going to use this? It's not, it's one thing to be like, this is a really an amazing feature. Like AR is a really amazing feature, but right now it's probably not a value to the day to day or small business brands because they can't afford to yeah. be creating their own, you know, lenses for, for, uh, for Instagram or whatever. So yeah, it's thinking about the practical value of it and trying to sort of map out what does this actually mean? Is this, does this mean something right now or is it going to mean something in future? And is it going to be a value to the people day-to-day who are on these platforms so like as you say user habits are always changing as well like facebook is not as widely used as it once was even though it has lots of users um i I imagine quite a few of those are people who are just checking in to see what their family are doing but they're not staying on facebook they're going to other platforms Mm. i think that's a a common trend that's pretty well recognized that even though facebook has 2.7 billion users that doesn't necessarily mean that they're using it for you know, an hour a day each. Like they're probably using Instagram more. They're probably using TikTok yes. more. They're probably using other platforms more than they use Facebook, but Facebook has more users. Yes. So yeah. you sort of have to dig a bit deeper to yeah. find, is that where your audience is spending their time? Is that where they're discovering uh, information about products? And if it is, that's, you know, where you want to focus. Super. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more, as I say, the last year has really, I mean, if you'd said this time last year, there would be more people being online, especially because, a lot of, you know, bricks and mortar stores have closed and they've had to go online. And they're now, as you were saying, um, Andrew, starting to see the benefits of, you know, e-commerce and, you know, trying to sort of harness that. Um, You actually uh, did a blog where you shared an infographic um, with the 17 tips to boost your e-commerce. Could you maybe um, share um, with our audience, maybe who have haven't read it maybe some key areas that they should be aware of yeah i mean the big things in that uh, infographic uh is really focusing on uh the the smaller details to make sure that you're really sort of uh maximizing the whole process to make, getting the most out of the customers that come through so personalization is a big thing making sure that if someone searched for something then mm. you're showing them stuff related to that product i like got someone said recently that there's like some people use remarketing but they sometimes remarket with the product the person just bought, like that's completely pointless. They've just bought that product. What's mm. the other things that are going to be of value add to that product? And that's yeah. where you want to yeah. sort of consider those extra elements to be able to make sure you're personalizing it the right way. Simplifying the checkout process uh, is mm-hmm. one of the points on the infographic as well. 
that's really important, making sure that it's clear and easy for people to go from uh, one to the other, which is why Facebook and Instagram see so much opportunity in e-commerce in their own Facebook and Instagram shops. You can go from the feed, click a couple of times, and you've bought yeah. something, right? That's mm-hmm. going to be hugely valuable because you've already got the audience there. They're already looking at stuff. If they can yeah. use that compulsion, you can use that uh, impulse spending, then definitely there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. Um, guest checkout mm-hmm. is a big uh, opportunity that some brands miss. You don't want to have, force people to have to sign in if they don't want to. Make it as easy as possible for them to go through the process. Make sure that you're uh, yeah. clear on how they can do it and yeah. enabling them to do it in whatever that way they want to do it. The same goes for payments and different forms of payment. How do they want to pay? Like make sure that you support as many of them as you can because people are going to want to pay differently. The more you can offer, yeah. the easier you make. Um, limited time offers was another point on there. That's always good to make sure that you're uh, capitalizing on those opportunities. Sometimes people do them all wrong. They're a bit too sort of fake and artificial, but yeah, yeah the more you can sort of tap into that to sort of remind people that this product that they might have wanted might be gone soon. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you can do that in a oh, subtle yeah. and effective way, then that definitely works. Um, using customer reviews, uh, user-generated content is valuable in almost all forms. I would say actually it is valuable in all forms, but customer mm-hmm. reviews obviously play a big part in the process these days. When you're buying something, no doubt you look at the reviews and see what people are saying about it. So make sure oh, you yeah. and prompting people to uh, to leave their, leave their reviews um, and highlighting your refund policy I think is also a, mm. a big sort yeah. of assurance factor to make sure that people know that you're not some rip-off merchant or whatever. Yeah. Like we're professional. We're happy to sort of, you know, work with you and make sure we make it as easy as possible for you to get the results that are best for you. So, um, yeah, I think those are some pretty key points. Yeah, yeah especially as you were saying, like, the, you know, like you're buying something online and uh, it arrives and it's not what you, you expected. Um, and you go, oh, that's, that's not exactly what I thought it would be. Um, and you go and try and get a refund. If it's not a it's not a simple process, you're going to go right. I'll never be buying off them again. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, yeah, that's right. And one of the the points you made there, Andrew, exactly happened to me that the the, mm. the store in question had it top on, had it like really had their e commerce um, strategy well in place because I had put something in my my checkout cart, then I got distracted. Mm-hmm. I think with the kids went off. And then about an hour later, I got a, a little email to say, hey, Philip, just let you know, this product you have in your cart is running low. Do you still want to get it? It'd be wise to get it now. And it certainly jolted me out of what I was doing. And I purchased straight away. And mm. it, was, it was brilliant. There's so many data tracking opportunities and stuff these days as well that you can use the different um, sort of uh, the pixels and things like that to yeah. learn what people are doing. and you definitely need to be using that data. Again, it comes down to personalization. Like yeah. you've got that information there. You've got the capacity to track what people are doing. That's going to be lessened somewhat with the IDFA update and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. you've got access to a lot of this data right now. And the more you can use that to your advantage, obviously, the better. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, mm. I, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think kind of use the tools to really drill down and get to know your customer, you know, I suppose in a simplified way is, you know, get to know yeah. your customer, their purchasing habits, what they like, and make it the whole experience personalized to them. So they feel, God, this company knows me. You know why would I yeah. want to go anywhere else? Um, we've yeah, talked. Yeah, that's right. You've got all that information there. Like, there's ways to be able to use. Like, what are the products that people have bought that they've, or what are the products they've looked at after looking at that one? You can start yeah. to sort of formulate and segment these different audiences that you're able to target more specifically with things based on the data that you've already got coming in. Yeah. No. Absolutely. 100. Um, percent 
we 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 mentioned and you know you highlighted some very interesting facts there about Pinterest and I've started to get back into Pinterest. I've always used it personally to, I suppose, to create various boards for stuff we might need for the house or my own personal kind of stuff. Um, and it's funny, it's it's one of those social media channels that I feel kind of doesn't seem to get the recognition that myself and you feel it deserves at times. We all hear yeah. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, but Pinterest is one that sort of just kind of sort of never seems to enter the conversation. And obviously you've wrote about some of the new tools that they've launched, like Pinterest premier video ads. Um, you know, from what you're seeing with Pinterest and the updates, is is this a becoming a channel that definitely should be explored by more businesses? Because I know you you said obviously that the tech people are starting to now, you know, use it quite a lot, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's user numbers have gone up more than any other platform in the last uh, three years, I think, or at a, at a higher rate. Right. Um, I think it went up mm-hmm. 20%. Uh, and I think Twitter was close in the last quarter or over the last full year. But um, yeah, Pinterest is growing fast. And again, the e-commerce push overall has brought more people to Pinterest. Um, it, it doesn't get the, the sort of play that the other platforms do. And it still doesn't feel like a major player. It still doesn't feel like it's getting that traction, but it clearly is. Like the people who do use Pinterest are very sort of uh, dedicated to it. I, I think that the people who do use it, like 90% of them say they plan purchases via you know, Pinterest. So it, yeah. there's, well, the people that are on it are very engaged and are looking for stuff and they're there with, their, with a buying mindset. So I think there's a lot of opportunity on Pinterest that's going uh, going missed by different brands, although a lot of brands are on it these days and they are learning how it works. But it does take, same with all platforms, it takes a while to learn. You have to go on there, you have to check it out and see what yeah. people are sharing, why they're sharing, what are the different topics of interest and try to sort of get a feel for it and then create pins that are native to the platform as opposed to trying mm-hmm. to repurpose your content. Like and this is what the same with a lot of stuff as we've talked about. Like I feel like the approaches to social media are maturing a lot and it used to be that the focus was on we need to get as many uh, followers as possible or we need to, you know, make sure we've got a presence yeah. on, on yeah. the platform and things like that. I feel like we're sort of moving past that now and there's a lot of like the sort of snake oil salesman that started out with that approach of like, I can show you how to get a million followers on Twitter and things like that. They're sort of starting to get a bit outdated and we're moving more towards a strategic mindset of thinking about how it, it relates to your specific business and how you can use each platform specific to you as opposed to, yeah, just trying to jump on the latest one. So yeah, um, Pinterest definitely is in that category where you, if you look into it and you find the niches, I think there's a lot of value there, but it does take time and it does take research to be able to understand it. Yeah, I think that's encapsulating a huge point really that if for listeners is that, because I know myself and we always talk about this, we would much prefer to have a hundred engaged followers than a thousand crickets um, because those oh, yeah. people then will yeah. support what we're doing, et cetera, you know, so. Yeah, not everyone's going to be a buyer. Um, you're like, you're, you're saying like Pinterest has really, really evolved, Andrew. Um, I was going to say um, with like the other platforms, like, you know, the, everybody kind of says, oh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, the, the old reliable, so to speak. Um, do you do you think there are some really interesting updates coming down the railway track, would you say, in regard to, you know, those platforms um, going forward? Because they're trying to, you know, uh, jockey for position against all the new ones coming up and keep top of mind, you know, that way? Yeah, I mean, well, it's very hard for a new player to come in because they just get copies. So anyone who tries to get in just gets sort of replicated by... Facebook and you know pushed out of the market because they've got such huge audience reach, which is what they're still mm. doing. Like even though Facebook's under investigation for antitrust in several regions, 
um, they're still pushing their like just you know recently they announced changes to their uh, to reels on Instagram and just trying to sort of make sure that uh, they're they're putting as much pressure on TikTok as they possibly can. So yeah, there's like there's lots of different stuff coming yeah. through, um, but very hard for the newer players coming in to sort of gain mm-hmm. real traction, which is why it's always amazing when they do, which is why everyone gets excited about Clubhouse and TikTok and things like that because. Mm. They're able to gain traction, you know, in a yeah. sector that feels kind of stale and feels like it's not going anywhere. But like Twitter's announced a whole lot of stuff uh, over the last uh, couple of months uh, where they're, you know, they're advancing their product roadmap very quickly. I mean, Twitter's under pressure from their shareholders to be able to advance the platform and maximize their revenue opportunities. So they've put it an aggressive strategy to try and double their users over the next three years or whatever it is. So um, Twitter's definitely coming out with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff very quickly. Um, Facebook's always working on different things, always working on new projects, but it feels like e-commerce is going to become more of their focus over time. Um, Pinterest, as you say, they're always, like they just uh, this year released new updates to make it easier to ingest your catalogue from your business to be able to make them into viable pins. Um, Easier they can make that, the more businesses are going to jump on Pinterest. Like if you can get people, you know, referral track that's going to lead to sales straight away, then that's obviously hugely valuable. Um, as we said before, TikTok yeah. is moving into e-commerce very quickly. Um, Snapchat's AR tools are getting more and more uh, accessible, mm-hmm. even though you still need a level of expertise, but anyone can download Snap Lens Studio and make their own lens within mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes. It won't be great, but it'll be something. Like, And the more you learn how to do it, the more you'll be better placed for uh, AR advance in the future. So, I mean, there's, there's always different updates like obviously writing so much per day there's always needs to be updates for me to recover so much but yeah. um and yeah it does sort of hurt your head when you're sort of going through it it must be hard for people who aren't in the position i'm in where you're covering every single update every day to stay across mm-hmm. every single one yeah. um but yeah always new stuff coming out and it's always interesting to note uh again what the practical value of these things are and how they can be used by you know the common businesses or yeah. everyday businesses yeah. and everyday business owners who don't have all the time and money in the world, is this going mm-hmm. to be a practical value to them or not? Um, and that's yeah. what we try to get down to is trying to make sure that we're covering that to make sure it's clear what the value could be to your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, always different updates. It's uh, kind of like let's have a look at it. Is it for me? If it is, great. If it's not, move away from yes. the cookie jar. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think... I think definitely, you know, what you said today, Andrew, has been full of common sense for businesses, you know, put in the put in the hard work, do the research, mm-hmm. do the testing, uh, but don't be like, I suppose, the magpie and keep going after all the shiny things, you know, yeah. focus on the channels where your customers are on and how really are they going to be applicable to your business to mm-hmm. generate leads, grow customer relationships, etc as opposed to having millions of followers who don't bring any sort of value or engagement to you. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Andrew, I can't believe that has been an hour. It's been a fantastic chat. Um, I'm really grateful for you coming on. Um, that went too fast. It was. <laughs> okay. uh, and certainly we'd love to get you back on again sometime in the future to talk about, no doubt, some more new updates because uh, you know mm. you're kind of constantly having to watch it every single day of the week and uh, we take our mm. hat off to you i don't know how you do it writing seven eight blogs a day that's uh, incredible wow so uh, so well done uh, for keeping us all informed on on social 
Yeah, cool. Thank you for having me. Happy to come on anytime. And yes, I write very fast. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> very were you like, were you, were you, were you like that at school, Andrew? Like, do you get through your exam in an hour and everyone's still sitting there scratching their heads? Were you like that? No, I, I was not <laughs> great at school, but in my, in my spare time, I'm, I'm a novelist. So there's, you know, you're writing hundred thousand word books and stuff. So writing long form is, is something like I've obviously become good at getting my thoughts out. I, I find it that like, I write by by hand a lot when I'm doing fiction writing because it's easy to get the thoughts out as they come from your head to the paper very quickly. And I think that's a sort of stems across the typing quickly as well. It's like you just have to, what are my thoughts? Clarify. It's much clearer to me once I've written it down, once I've sort of gone through something and I've written down the details myself, then I can see, all right, now I see where the practical value is because I've had to sort of explore it. So, yeah, writing quickly, going through the details, and, yeah, that helps me understand it more. Well, Andrew, listen, I suppose all I can say is, Thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, listen, we will look forward to uh, talking with, uh, with you again. Well, I suppose all I have to say is uh, if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And until next Friday at 2pm, I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I've been Eber Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. And we'll see you next time for more Let's Get Social. See you then. See you then.